we've been doing a, a series called Engage. How many are you enjoying the series? Come on. How many know it's not just like some thing we're trying to fluff up, like let's do a sermon series. Yeah. But we're really trying to get the heart of God and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Come on. And, uh, and really, you know, engage with what we feel like God wants us to engage with this year. Um, how many know we didn't have a snazzy little saying for the year, you know, like more in 2004, you know, we don't do that. I mean, we could, and we can get creative, but we didn't have that this year. So I hope that's okay. You can make up your own, put it on Facebook and get a bunch of likes. Does anyone else get uh, social media anxiety? Like you, you do a status. How many just love social media? Come on. How many don't have a Facebook and you're religious? Raise your hand. Okay. I didn't think you'd raise your hand for that. But uh, sometimes, you know, people do status and like, if I don't get 10 likes in like 10 minutes, something's really wrong with this post. Just go delete it. Does anyone else do that? I don't do that ever, I swear. Maybe. Well, bless you. So First um, Thessalonians, we're going to start. Uh, today is in, Engage Community. Come on. Now, Now I would just, let me just say this, that this message, it, we don't even need this message. So uh, let's just, just miss, because we all know this, right? No, I'm just, <laughs> uh, how many we could always get better and do things better? Yeah. I think it's important that we always have our heart postured in a place where we never think that, well, you know, I have five kids, so I don't need to learn how to parent. It's like, right? I mean, you know, we're always growing and maturing. Uh, and the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, says, I haven't arrived, but I press forward. And so today we're going to talk about community, although I know that God has really given us not only a revelation of community, real community, real, you know, fellowship, koinonia, but he's also really, uh, because of the presence of God in our church, uh, he's really helped us engage in what real community is. Now, how many of you have been coming to this church for maybe a year and you see, and raise your hand if you, and don't lie. I mean, I'm, uh, be honest, you're in church, God's listening and watching. How many have felt like, man, this church is really a community church? Raise your hand. If you've been coming for the last couple years, just the last couple years, look around the room, keep your hand raised. Look at that, man. Now, that, that is a mark of heaven. And I want you to know something, that community is a mark of heaven. And so this morning, we're going to talk about engaged community. And I, I have a three-point message for you today. No poem, but I have three points. Um, and, uh, and, and this morning, I'm excited because I believe it's going to be some fresh revelation for you. You know, it's interesting. Community, sometimes, it's, it's the thing we need the most, but it's the thing that we're most afraid of because sometimes it means we got to get real and we got to open our hearts. We have to forgive past relationships. Come on, somebody. And how many think we need, we need community? I mean, you know, it's, it's now community, like it's kind of a broad word, but now we need, we need the family of God. We need family. How many know you need family? Now, has there ever been a time in your life where you didn't think you needed family, but you really needed family? I mean, there's been times in my life, especially growing up and going through, uh, you know, my maverick, rebellious years, and, uh, and, and the times that I needed family the most was the times that sometimes I despised it the most. And sometimes we do the same thing with community, and so I pray that you'd open your heart this morning as we get into this word. And, and so First uh, Thessalonians, we're going to start reading... Um, Chapter 2, verse 17, if you could get it up there. 
and we're going to go through these verses, and, um, and then we're going to go through a few points that we have. Verse 17, but brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. Let's go to the next verse. Now, this is the Apostle Paul's heart to the church of Thessalonica. This is incredible. I mean, if you understand the heart of an apostle, the heart of somebody that God has sent and commissioned to plant churches, to oversee local churches, there is such a family heart that comes, a fatherly heart that comes from the heart of an apostle, or a motherly heart for that matter. There's a woman apostle in the Bible. And, uh, well, we don't believe in women pastors. Yeah, we believe in women apostles. Come on, somebody. And so the heart of the apostle is saying, man, I really wanted to see you in person. Like they knew that, that Paul was for them and he was with them in spirit. How many know those verses in the New Testament where Paul's like, I'm with you in spirit? And, and it's almost like because his heart loved the local church, it was almost like Paul was with him in spirit. Now that's powerful. Like they could operate and function as if Paul was right there cheering them on saying, you can do this. And so the heart of the apostles, like, I really, really wanted to be with you. Then he goes on and he says, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. I love that it didn't say God forbid. It was, it was the enemy. Not everything that happens is God's will. Come on, somebody. And most of you know that, but we got to hear it over and over because we got a lot of centuries of bad theology to undo. Stuff that we learned, Western thinking, dualism, thinking that God uh, exhaustively manipulates and controls and puppeteers everything that happens in life. That is not a biblical worldview or an early church worldview or a historical church worldview. Can I hear you say amen? Now, let me just throw this at you. If you do think that, then why is the, the main prayer that Jesus gives us say, Father, your will be done, your kingdom come. That implies that his will is not always being done. Amen. So he goes on. He says, you know, the enemy blocked it. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Isn't that powerful? Now, let's put the first slide up there. Look at this. The treasure of community. Now, look at this is what the Apostle Paul's heart. I want you to get this. The Apostle Paul saw the church as a treasure. Now, you know what I want to see undone in today's churchianity is, well, I'm just not about the church, I'm about the kingdom. Well, then you're not about the kingdom. Pro-church is pro-kingdom, and pro-kingdom is pro-church. See, we've over-compartmentalized it. Well, the church is within the four walls, and the kingdom is outside the walls. I'm sorry, but the church is the people. And if the people are outside the walls, church is outside the walls. Now, the church gathers. We're the church together. We learned last week that we're not the church alone. We're the church together. So someone says, well, I'm the church. No, you're not. You're the church with other people that are Christians. We're the church together. It's a corporate word. It's not an individual word. It's, a, it's not a singular word. It's we are the church. But I, I want to undo the concept that says, well, I'm not about the church. You know, God's, he's only about houses of prayer now. Like, what? No, he's about the church. Houses of prayer, great too. I mean, there's been monasteries for the last 2,000 years, people that are called to pray, 24-7 prayer, but not everyone's called to do that. I'm called to eat too. Come on, somebody. I'm called to eat at a table with Christians and pot blessings. Come on. 
That was a Jesus juke. It's not a potluck. It's a pot blessing. I don't believe in luck. It's a pot blessing. Right, Chris? I'm called to eat too. I'm called to have dates with my wife. I'm called to spend time with my kids. I'm, I'm called to engage in relationship. That's community, church. And listen, here's this whole thing that we like, oh yeah, we want to make disciples. You cannot make disciples without relationship. It is absolutely not possible. And here's another thing I'm, I'm just going to rant a little bit about. There's a meme going around, and some of you might have shared it, God bless you. And it says, I don't follow Christians, I follow Jesus. Well, that is just a bunch of crap. Now, you, you need to follow the right Christians. Jesus, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Yeah, we follow Jesus. Ultimately, whose image are we conformed to? Jesus. And we're sons and daughters. We're being made like him. It's called theosis. We're being made like him. We partake of the divine nature. Come on. But how many know Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ? You can't, you don't know how to follow Jesus if it wasn't for a man or a woman discipling you. You have no, listen, that's the model Jesus left. He sent 12 people, humans with flesh, and said, make disciples. He didn't say, you know, just tell people what I was like and they can follow me too. He said, no, but you make disciples, reproduce yourself. Well, I don't follow Christians, I follow Jesus. And you don't know Jesus. If you're afraid to be in relationship where you can see Jesus and someone else through their flaws and around their sin and glean from the good and, and say, I honor who you are in the faith. Come on. You know, I've had people that I honored and they fell. They were like gurus to me. We're not, we're not called to have gurus. Come on. But we can honor. Worship only belongs to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I can honor people. And I want to just see that idea thrown away because without relationship, we can't know Jesus. Without relationship, we can't, we can't be discipled. Come on. We've got to have relationship. And it doesn't end after our three years of our training and discipleship. I'm still being discipled. Hello? I have fathers and mothers and people that, are, that, that know me, that, that love me, that have access to my heart, people on our staff, people that, within this church. You don't have to have a title to be able to speak into my life. You have to have access to my heart. And that comes through relationship. And that comes through, listen, relationship is work. It is not easy. Relationship is not just the surface. God bless you on Sunday morning. Hello? Relationship takes work. And sometimes we think that, yeah, I love, man. I, I just, I love, I love you, bro. But if our, I, if our concept of love is without sacrifice or vulnerability to pain in any way, then love is only an idea. Love means sacrifice. Love means other-centeredness. Love means I'm going to radically forgive. Love means I'm unoffendable. Come on, somebody. Love means my heart is open to you, even though you might hurt me and my heart's open and I love you. Come on, somebody. I feel like I'm preaching way better than you're responding, but that's okay. God will forgive you later. The treasure of community. Say this with me. Community is a treasure. Now, here's where it's unlocked before we go to the next verse. Here's where it's unlocked. When your heart is open to the love of God, your heart is open to who people are in Christ. And when that happens, you see who they are. So you see the treasure that people are. Therefore, you understand the whole community is a treasure. 
Why, why did Paul say this? You're my hope. You're my crown. You're my joy in the presence of God because he loved the church. He loved the church. And Jesus loves his church too. You come in my house, start talking about my bride. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hello? How do you think the heart of the bridegroom feels when we think it's okay to bash the bride? I know the bride's not perfect. You're not perfect, and I'm not perfect. But he loves his bride. And Paul loved the church. And we should engage with community because community is a treasure. Amen. Let's go to the next uh, portion of verses. We got somebody back there. I, can't, I don't see a head. It's freaking me out. It's like a headless media per- Yes, I see your head. Glory to God. Sold to the head in the back. Let's go to the next verse. All right, let's go to that next portion of Scripture. You got it? Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distresses and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live. Wow, I want you to soak that in. Paul's like, now we really live. When he heard about how good they were doing, he said, it makes me come alive. There was a synergy. There was something that caused encouragement in the heart of the apostle, knowing that you were doing, that they were doing good, knowing the church was well and loving each other and growing. This church was growing. The church of Thessalonica, one of the first churches in the bottom portion of Europe, it was growing and it was alive. It was a great church. And it was, it was moving, and it was growing. And he says, now we are really alive since you are standing firm in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Let's go to the next verse. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Isn't that powerful? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. So he says, you make me alive, and I want to make you alive. Isn't that powerful? Point number two, that there is a a synergistic uh, thing that happens in community. And here's what I believe Paul's saying. I want you to catch this. Your destiny is connected to the people around you. You know that there's an overemphasis on this personal walk with God, although it's real, to where we don't understand the the vertical uh, or the horizontal understanding of our relationship with God with people. I want you to catch what I'm saying, that there is a reality that you know God because of your love for people and one another. Hello? Now, this is what, this is what the Apostle John says. He, he, in fact, he even says, if you don't love your brothers and sisters and say you love God, you're a liar. Like, he just said it straight up. He said, liars. He didn't say you're going to burn, go to hell. I don't think, you know, liars go to hell. But, you know, he just said, you're lying. So there's a synergistic destiny. Paul's saying, listen, you make me come alive, and I can't wait to see you face to face because I want to pour into you, and whatever you're lacking, I want to give you. Our destinies are connected. That is so powerful. That reminds me of, uh, you know, when I first fell in love with my bride. And I remember this moment where I'm falling in love with her. I remember we are, we're at the mall in the food court. <laughs> That's romantic, huh? <laughs> it was. We were the only ones there. Everything faded out. So Marvin Gaye came on. No, we weren't married yet. I'm sorry. Scratch that. Scratch that. Rewind. Bad choice of words. That came after the wedding. Glory. 
So I'm sitting in the food court, and I look at my wife, and I have some tea in my hand. And I said, you make me want to live. See, when you fall in love with, with uh, your, your spouse or you fall in love with your kids and, and they love you and, and you fall in love with your brothers and sisters in Christ, you come alive. And now I know my destiny is going to be so much better because Rochelle is a part of it. And I'm a part of her destiny. And, and two is better than one. And three is better than two. There is a synergy. Something, there's a, there is an exponential increase of blessing in community. Like our destinies are connected. Our destinies are connected. Think about that. Well, I'm just seeking the Lord for my destiny in God. Well, just, just find it in the midst of the beauty of community and engage in it because your destiny and your calling will be refined in community. Your ability to hear God will be refined in community. Well, I only do what the Lord tells me. Then you're just, you're, you're just doing whatever you want to do. Because if no one can question your God told me, then you've become your own God. I'm only going to hear what God says. Yeah, there's like 20 people around you telling you what to do. And you just don't want to hear it. Community refines our ability to hear God. There's a synergistic destiny. Ooh, isn't that good? But you've got to choose to engage. You've got to choose to engage healthy community. I remember times in my life, you know, when I needed my dad more than any time in my life. And I'm being a little punk. And I remember a time I walked away, I'm like, well, I don't need a father. Like, how stupid is that? And I have the most amazing dad on the earth who's sitting on the front row right here. I mean, my dad, I'm going to tell you a story. I can tell you story after story. My friends that didn't have fathers, they automatically had a father. That's a real dad is you don't, you just call him papa. You just call him dad. It's like they just, love just flows out of him. That's my dad. How many know what I'm talking about? If you ever hugged him, you know, like, oh, daddy hug. <laughs> And and there was times in my life that I despised family, but I needed family the most in that moment. The same thing happens with community. When you need community the most, I've seen it time and time again. Matter of fact, there's two verses that I'm thinking of. There's one, 1 John 2, 9, that says basically this. You know, let me just read it to you because I would have chopped it up. 1 John 2, 9. Check this out. This is so powerful. It says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. I want you to think about this. Healthy relationships keep you from deception. Healthy relationships, loving one another, keeps us out of deception. That's powerful. Walking in the light, as he's in the light, says in the chapter before, and we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The reality that we're forgiven, the reality that we're sons, the reality, listen, it shapes our identity in Christ. There's a revelation of who God is in community that you can't get outside of community. The fullness of the revelation of God is in community. Why? Because he is community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just soak on that for a little bit. Soak in that. Synergistic destiny. Our destinies are connected. And so when we engage community, we we become more alive and we also become better at what we're created to do. Amen. Let's go to the last portion here and the third point. And, and Paul's writing here to the church. And, you know, there's one portion where he 
he's rebuking them, and he basically says, listen, there's a lot of sexual morality. That needs to stop. But then he says, you need, you know, about their love for one another. And I think that's interesting because sometimes, you know, we, we just feel this affection for one another, and sometimes it can become inordinate. Hello? And I think that you sometimes, I'll just say this, sometimes you see it in like the charismatic fringe movements where it's so touchy-filly that there's no boundaries and, and, and you got to be careful. You know, you got, we have to guard our hearts. Hello? And sometimes, especially married people, you know, you, you can't get in harmony with the opposite sex or it, you, you got you to gotta guard your heart. It's quiet in this church. But, but the apostle, I don't want to skip over it. I don't want someone later to say, well, you skipped over to the part about sexual immorality. No, I didn't. In chapter 4, he says, listen, no, that's not becoming. That's, that's not who you are. Hello? And sometimes we just tolerate things, and that's why they dominate. Whatever you tolerate will dominate. Amen? The Apostle Paul, over and over in, in the church, he would say things like, you know, that, that, that's just uh, that's not who you are. You know, that shouldn't even be named among you, it says in the King James. And, and so we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and so, but there's this beautiful portion down at the bottom of chapter 4 or verse 9. Let's, let's start reading that. Verse 9. Now about your love for one another, we don't need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. Oh, that is so beautiful. And in fact, you do love God's family. You love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. In other words, just let it overflow. Let it overflow in in your region. Let it overflow in in every person's life around you. Let let it abound. Let it overflow. They did really well, so well that the apostle said, I don't even need to tell you. I don't even need to preach that to you. I'm preaching to the choir. He's like, you love each other well. As a matter of fact, you got taught directly by God. Who wants to learn directly from God how to love? He says, but even more so, let it overflow. Let it overflow in your daily lives. He even says, live a quiet life. Let it overflow at work where you don't even need to tell people, well, do you have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You know, your coworker, grab him. No, just let it overflow. Let it overflow, man. You know, I, I believe that we're going to start seeing stuff where we don't even need to pray for people, but their pain leaves their body when they hang out with us. And we don't, and they'll be like, man, it's weird, but I want him around you. I just I feel so much better. Like that's the presence of God because I'm, I'm his kid and he loves you. And you're his offspring too and he wants you to come home. I mean, think about that for a minute. Just let it abound. Let it overflow. But I, here's what I love. Here's what I want to get from this. Let's, let's do the third one. Community teaches us to love. You can, we can just stop and say law on that for a minute. Because when we pray prayers like, God, expand, you know, Heidi Baker, expand my capacity to love. That's a dangerous prayer. That's a real dangerous prayer because you're just inviting Judas to stab you in the back. <laughs> Hello? How many have been betrayed? That's an opportunity for our hearts to be enlarged to love. It's an opportunity for us to walk in and display radical forgiveness. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to love our enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Yeah, I know that part of the law that says eye for an eye, but you've heard it said, but I tell you. Don't forget the but I tell you's in the Bible. A new and better way. 
Now, it's, it's reading your Bible in the light of Jesus. So sometimes we read the scripture and there's no light on. Like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, justice. That's not justice. You know what justice was to Jesus when the woman was caught in adultery, when the law, well, he upheld the law perfectly. Eh, not this time he didn't. He healed on the Sabbath. I mean, we could just talk. Now, that's you're going to have to join our Bible school to go deeper in that kind of stuff. But listen, I want you to catch this. Justice and the law and the economy of exchange at the time says the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8 should have been stoned. And Jesus said, if you, have, if you don't have sin, he is without sin among you. Let him cast the first stone. They started leaving, older the younger. You all know the story. But what did he say? I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. That was justice revealed in the light of Christ. So when he says this, he says, well, you've heard it said an eye for an eye, but I tell you. In other words, I'm the perfect revelation of God. The Bible is a progressive revelation of who God is. And when we see Jesus, Hebrews 1, 3, we see right what God looks like. It's an it's a expression, full expression of who God is. Come on. See, we've got to read our Bibles with the light on. We've got to turn the light on. We read our Bibles, the inspired scripture, the word of God, with the light of Jesus, the person, the eternal word of God, Shedding light on it. I could preach a whole message on that. Isn't that good? Let's read our Bibles with the light on. But we're called to love our enemies. Community teaches us to love. Community teaches us to love. I don't know how many times I've prayed that prayer, and then I realized that every time I prayed it, God answered it. Expand my capacity to Listen, relationships, when they get tough and you walk in the Jesus way, you radically forgive, you're other-centered, you give of yourself, you love, you forgive, and you forgive again, and then you forgive one more time, and then you keep forgiving, and then you get hurt again, and you forgive. It just flows from your heart. And then you realize, like, oh, I'm just like Mr. Forgiveness. His name is Jesus. Who forgave all of humanity? It says, I want a relationship with you. But you got to receive it. Now think about this. Community teaches us how to love. He says, God has taught you how to love. God himself has taught you how to love. And one of the ways that I believe this, this is expressed in its fullness is when we're in the presence of God. When we are in the presence of God, when the presence of God, the manifest presence, we learn to love. We're, it's like God fitly frames us together, it says in Ephesians 4. It's like we, you know, my marriage is so much healthier just worshiping with my wife and just learning to love. And Oh, man, my heart just like, it just, my heart starts beating on a different rhythm. I'm like, oh, God's teaching me how to love. It's the rhythm of his grace. It just, oh, I'm, I'm learning how to love. It's engaging in that community. It's engaging in the reality of who God is because God is love. And I'm, and I'm learning to love because I learned that that's what sons and daughters do. And sons and daughters don't run from community. They engage in it because they're just like, 
your papa. Hello? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so as we continue through the Engage series, I want you to just get this. Let us not be afraid of community because we all need each other. There's a synergy. Paul says this 1 Corinthians 2.9, we're God's fellow workers. The Greek word is where we get the word synergy. Synergeos, it's like there's a synergy. We're God's fellow workers. Our destinies are connected to one another. And community teaches us how to love. Would you dim the lights in the back? And I want us to pray right now. Would you close your eyes and would you pray with me? In a moment, we're going to have our prayer team come up. Chris, would you come join him? And you guys just... Just release a heavenly sound right now with the keys and and just uh, I want you to open your heart. Would you would you just open your heart and say, God, you know? And, and some of you may be thinking, like, man, this message is a little kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I I I'm not I'm an introvert, you know. And uh, and you could I'm a little bit of an introvert. Like you could be an introvert and and still engage in community, you know. And sometimes, like, you know, when we get really, really, really overwhelmed with relationships, that's not introvert. That's like, that's something that needs to be healed. Hello? And I, and I just really, 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 really believe that God right now wants to just crash in your life with his love where fear is just erased from your mind. You know, I, I remember times in, in our lives, in Michelle and I's life, where she felt betrayed by somebody where it took like a year for her to open her heart again to people that's a big deal man I can say that right I think you preach about it so but I I want you to open your heart again like don't close your heart off Paul says this to the church of Corinth our heart is open to you he's like why have you closed your heart to us our heart is open to you we love you he says this I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 6 you know our heart is open to you so open your heart to community. Let's engage community. We need one another. There's a, a destiny that is connected to community. There's a synergy. We come alive. There's a treasure. We've got we've to open our eyes and see the treasure of community, the gift of community. Come on, somebody. So let's wake up and let's engage and let's learn how to love and let's mature in love. Listen, We mature in our sonship because of community. We cannot do it without relationship. We cannot be discipled without engaging in relationship. There's Even when we study the Bible, there's got to be a community, uh, like an openness to one another. Like my interpretation is not the only interpretation. You know, we say, I only believe what the Bible says. We're only believing our interpretation of what the Bible says. Hello, did you hear what I just said? That's why community is so important. Because my interpretation isn't the best interpretation. That's why we have so many denominations. Hello? So let's pray this with me. Say, Papa, I open my heart to your love. And I open my heart to relationships. I need community, it's a treasure. And there's a synergy blessing in community and I can walk in my destiny and you teach me to love in community
So I open up and I say yes in Jesus' name. And close your eyes. Can we have our prayer team quickly come? If you want to receive Jesus, if you need healing, if you need freedom, if you need prayer for anything in your life, I'm going to have my wife come up, dismiss the church, and then call forward the ones that want to surrender your life to Jesus or you need prayer for anything at all. We have an awesome prayer team up here. And uh, and we're going to we're going to just minister to people that need it. And, and let me just say this with your eyes closed. If there's anyone here say, you know, I've heard a lot of sermons, but I want the Jesus that loves me like what you're talking about. And maybe you you got a bad taste because of religion and you never gave your heart to Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. He loves you and he wants you to receive his forgiveness. He wants you to uh, have a relationship with him. And, and I want you to know that you don't need to be afraid, but you can come right as you are. And he loves you right where you're at. And he wants relationship with you. So if you've never received Jesus, when we dismiss, I want you to come. And, and you can tell uh, any of these team members up here, like, I, I want to receive Jesus. Or I want to I want to surrender my life to him again. So be free to do that. And if you need prayer for anything, we want you to come. Honey, would you come up and just dismiss? Come on, can we give God a shout of praise right now? Thank you, Lord.